season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Homer Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. It is now season two of the JKR podcast. It's been a long off season as our last episode was last September, but I took this off season to better myself, better the podcast. We've added a YouTube channel to the podcast that drops today. Um, also added a new website, so make sure to check that out at www.jkrpodcast.com. Today's guest is Max Clark, the number one player in the 2023 high school class. Also committed to Vanderbilt as a freshman in high school. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Today we talk a little bit about the travel ball experience, um, the Indiana Bulls national team that Max actually helped put together, a little bit about the recruiting process, a little bit about living in a small town. Max from Franklin, Indiana, pretty small town, similar to mine. Uh, talk about potential business partners as he moves into the professional and collegiate ranks. Um, talk a little about his agent selection process and much more. So let's tune in to that interview. And welcome back to season two of the JKR podcast. First episode of season two. After a long-awaited wait, we're back and better than ever. We've got Max Clark live from quarantine. Um, Vanderbilt baseball commit, the number one baseball player in the 2023 MLB draft class. Max, welcome to the JKR podcast. I'm glad to have you. How are you feeling today? Hey, I feel great, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to get going here. Yeah, of course. So just to get started, something that I always start with all the people I have on the podcast, for those people who don't know who you are, how would you describe yourself? I think I think the best way to describe me is probably a mix between flashy and confident. You know, I like to go out, play with some passion. Um, I do I do everything in my game for somebody besides myself. Um, I, put, I put a lot of pride into my game and it takes me a long way. So uh, you can definitely, when you come out and see me, you can definitely see some passion, see some flash and see some good comp as well. So. All right. So digging into a few of the questions, I kind of want to dig into just your travel ball experience as a whole. I know you play for the Indiana Bulls. You love the Bulls, but you've also played for a different variety of teams, obviously the Philly Mm -hmm. scout team area code. So can you, can you take us through your travel ball career so far and kind of how's that's helped you? Yeah, so um, I started with the Bulls when I was 13 years old, um, eighth grade summer. And that was kind of the the first turning point when I realized, like, okay, baseball could be a future for me. Um, 13-year year, I played with uh, uh, junior futures teams for Indiana, and I threw for them. I, I didn't even hit. So I was like a PO for this futures team. Um, and it actually led me to getting on the Bulls black team. And then after that summer, I had a huge, I had a huge summer that year. Then after that, I started getting a little bit of interest from some Big Ten schools um, like IU, Purdue, things like that. And then the summer after that is when I really took off. Uh, the Bulls started playing in some huge national tournaments like the WWBA, MPI, things like that. Um, I started getting my SEC, Pac-12, ACC um, school offers. And then this past summer has been my third year with the Bulls. And I also played one weekend with the 2022 Phillies team. And that actually boosted my uh, like pro recruiting, I guess you could say, um, dramatically. Uh, this past summer, we were straight travel. 
Uh, we played in basically every single national level event. And then I also played with the Phillies in the 2022 WWBA and showed out there. Um, and that kind of boosted my ability to play for like the area code scout teams and the East Coast Pro Scout teams. Um, on top of that, I also got into USA Baseball when I was 13, um, went to the 14U NTDP, the 15U National Team Trials, the 16U NTDP, and the 17U Trials. And then this past year, I actually made the final 24 roster, and then I got sick and couldn't go. Um, so I will be competing at the PDP. I just got my invite this past week, this summer, and hopefully trying out for the 18 National Team. Yeah, so you mentioned the PDP. I saw you post that on your Instagram. So how exactly did that come about? Was there a tryout for it, or was it kind of just based off um, your pa- the stuff you've done in the past? So PDP is like your final um, like national team development program time, or team, excuse me. And uh, the NTDP is a way where they bring in 96 kids, and then there's uh, four teams. You play six games, and it's kind of their way of seeing who they want to have on your 15U or 18U national team. Um, and that national team usually goes to like play to come Mexico, Panama, somewhere like that to play the other uh, eight or nine countries that you play. Um, besides that, they have um, like national team identification series, which you play in as you're younger. And that's how you like first get identified by the USA scouts. And then after you've got like NTIS program, there are multiple like USA baseball championships that are summer league tournaments as well as like private invitation, um, things like the NCDP. And then when you get those invites to those, you go down there, compete for a few days. There's two cuts during the week that you're down there. They'll go 96 to 46 and then 46 to that final 20 where they take the roster. Okay. So now, so now that you're part of that 24, the 24 man team, what Mm -hmm. do you guys start playing in tournaments this summer or how exactly does that work? So sadly, they like reset every single year. So I was on that 24 team uh, or that round of 24, I guess you could say. And they actually ended up playing Canada in a seven game series this past year because of COVID. We couldn't okay. go and play like Playa del Carmen or something. I'm sure you've seen it all over YouTube. We absolutely smashed Canada. It was like Tamar, Elijah, all of those kids. Yeah. Um, so this year, I'll go back to PDP and it'll basically start all over. So I'll be in the, nine, the group of 96. And then from that PDP tournament, they'll take uh, 46 from there and you'll play in like the high school all-star game. And that one's about 46 kids, two teams of 22 or 23. Um, and then from there, they'll take the top 20 from both teams. And then we'll either play that seven game series in Canada or we'll actually go play in the World Baseball Classic this year, which I think they're going back to. I think this year will be the actual World Baseball Classic. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that Philly, the Philly scout team that weekend you played for them. Um, how did that come about and how was that weekend for you? Cause then you got to play with some of the uh, best guys in the best guys in the country and how, how'd that all go for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nelly, the head coach actually reached out to me via DM on Instagram. Um, I had, I'm pretty close with like Drew Jones and um, like Elijah Green, Tucker and like all those guys. Um, they're already on the team. Obviously they, they kind of like run the show for them. Uh, they reached out to me. I was in a group chat with them. I was like, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play with you guys, whatever. So Nelly reached out to me. He, they got me on. Um, I went down there that week, and it was the week of the All Star Game. So uh, I actually got, I got some, I got huge like playing time. I, I wasn't expecting to play the center field when I went down there because you know Drew and Elijah, but uh, Drew and Elijah had to go to the All Star Game for a few days. So I got my chance to play some center field, and then I played right when they were there. Um, and you know it was a lot of fun. Um, those dudes went out, and those are different type of competitors, man. They uh, 
when the, when they walk on the field, you know, you can feel the whole the whole tournament just watch and just kind of feel, you know, like those are the guys type thing. Yeah. And um, it was nice to be on a team full of those guys, um, and it was super fun. Um, it was definitely an experience that I'll never forget. Um, sadly, we didn't even make the tournament that week. Uh, we we lost to PFA Matadors like three to two on some crazy crazy game. They were really good. I don't even understand how we lost. Like that team should never win a game. But yeah. either way, it, it was one of the most fun weeks I've had, and I played really well. Um, so I got a lot of pro interest at that time. It really boosted my draft stock. Um, they they have pro scouts twenty to thirty at their game every single time. So yeah. So was that was in fun. Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, that was WNBA. So is that when you kind of ran into Willie Prince, or when exactly did you start uh, meeting into him? So I ran into Willie um, at MPI last year, which is like our – that's how we kick off the summer every single year with the Bulls. And he posted something on a story, and somebody else that I follow uh, – Walter Ford. Walter reposted it on a story. And uh, he was like, hit me up if you need picks this weekend, MPI, whatever. Well, then we ran into Willie because he umpired our first game. So he was also umping at MPI at the time. And he was like, yo, yo, you're Max Clark, right? Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You just follow me on Instagram. And I was like, heck yeah, man. I need, I need some flicks this weekend. And then he, he got me, he got me right. Um, he, like, I still use his photos to this day all over Instagram. So he, he, yeah. he does a lot of, a lot of great work. <laughs> yeah, no joke. His photos are legit. Yeah. So talking about the Bulls a little bit, obviously you've been there, you said since you were 13, um, we've had a rich history, got a, a lot of great players playing in the pro ball now. What have you seen just being an insider of the program that's kind of led to that success? Um, I would say like the main thing that's kind of been a Bulls thing that I really haven't noticed, or excuse me, that most people won't notice, but I have, um, would be a tradition. And, you know, every single person is always like, oh, it was a tradition, it's a family, something like that. But except the Bulls really, really have that tradition. You know, you see guys like Drew Storen, Lance Lynn, like those are some of the big name guys that came from the Bulls. And they're all stars, possible Hall of Famers, Cy Young winners, stuff like that. Well, they're still coming back and teaching kids at the Bulls. Like um, when I was 13, Drew Storm was on our coaching staff. When I was 14, 15, Lance Lane was like running our tryouts, stuff like that. And that's just, that's stuff that you don't see every single day that like some kids may get too big for your program and they don't come back. But then you have guys like, like Drew and Lance that will always come back and give back. And I think that's, that's a special thing that the Bulls offer. Um, every single kid that's been in the Bulls organization, that's way up there. Like, Michael Doolin, he's, he's at Vanderbilt right now, but he's always at home working on the Bulls facilities. Yeah. Always talking to younger kids, always, always reaching out if you need it. You know what I mean? He's, he's always a helping hand. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of been like a huge, huge takeaway that I've noticed is it really is a tradition. It really is a family because, you know, they're always giving back. They're always helping out when they can and they're always home when they can be. So it's yeah. something special. So have they been there quite a bit this off season? Oh yeah. Um, like even Drew, Drew's had been like at our fall stuff almost every single weekend um he's like they'll all be at the player parent meeting and stuff like that they always give a couple speeches um and they always like run us like how like run by their season like through us and stuff it's really cool yeah so this year you guys are doing something new the indiana bulls is it indiana bulls national so yeah, how, yeah. so what's going to be different this year than <laughs> it has been with years in the past so Actually, I was fortunate enough to be given like the the go, the go mode. Um, I basically created this national team using my ability to recruit. Um, I would reach out to kids. We, we picked up 24 kids from 16 states and we have 22 power five commits. Um, I personally wanted to take the Bulls from like a state regional level to get the Bulls like some national publicity and put us on the map. Um, 
our team last year went to WWBA and got 16 to 15. We were in the round of 16. And uh, we ended up losing to Georgia Jackets National, who won, who got uh, second place. And, like, that just goes to show that, like, baseball can be played in the Midwest. So we wanted to even broaden our scale and bring in a bunch of kids that could go down and probably win the WWBA, win the MPI, stuff like that. Um, we brought in so many different kids. We brought in a couple of 95 arms and a couple like power five bats. It's just, it's going to be crazy. Um, it was just a next step for the Bulls that we needed to see. And so like, this, this is our like project one, this is our prototype. And then next year we will have a 17U and a 16U national team instead of just a 17U as long as this goes well. And I think it will. Um, a lot of kids are excited for this. And it's like, we still kept the core guys that have been playing with us since we were 13, you know? So it's, it's cool. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So uh, you say you guys are going to be having two national teams next year without you, like, obviously you'll be coming back to the program, but you won't be playing for them next year. Are you going to be recruiting for guys for that team as well? Or how exactly do you think they're going to pick up some of the top guys? So uh, fortunately enough, there's a kid who is like me in the social media world. Um, His name is RJ Cromarty and he's really, really good at reaching out to people, creating connections, establishing bonds. And I've kind of helped him along the way, but like he's, he's kind of the, the buffer that I am, but for that age group. So he'll definitely help that age group. And then in the 25 class, which will be the 16U team next year, um, RJ is going to help them out and also do kind of some reaching out, okay. some broadening, some talking. So, yeah, I I actually, I got the follow back from RJ a few weeks ago. So I was going to wait a little bit uh, this summer and try to get him on the podcast as well. Hopefully, yeah, absolutely, man. RJ's I, I was, a character. I love him. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe the schedule lined up so you guys were in Atlanta around the same time. Maybe I could make a trip down there and <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure the MPI is at the same time for both of our age groups. Because okay. for the past two the past two years we've both gone down like with the, the 15s, the 16s, and the 17s have all gone down together in the last three years. So Okay. So out of all the Bulls teammates you've played in the past in your age group, not really including the national team, all the new guys you've added, but just the guys you've played with in the past, who do you think some of the under the radar guys are? Oh man. That's, I think, I think one of the most under the radar kids that I've ever met on the Bulls would either be RJ or Max Bond. Um, I grew up, Max Bond was one of my first teammates. Um, he was on the 13U black team. He's a catcher, shortstop, a little shorter guy, but he's built, you know what I mean? And that kid has just been working his tail off. Um, he came out last year and did some things like we didn't know that he could do. And it was really special. It was cool to see because, you know, I'm, I, I was good friends with him. Our parents became good friends. You know, I stayed over at his house because Westfield's about an hour away from where I stay. So 8 a.m. games, you know, everybody goes to the Bond's house. It's just how it works. But uh, seeing that kid kind of have a breakout season was super cool. And then I've kind of taken RJ under my wing, and he's like he's like my my 16-year-old player, you know what I mean, my son, like whatever. But um, seeing him kind of grow as a player, grow as a person, has been like something really special to see. Um, he's starting to pick up some like division one schools, some big schools. And that's just like a good feeling. Cause I know he works his tail off and stuff like that. So it's been really, really exciting to watch and see. Yeah. So um, earlier on, you kind of brought up your recruiting process a little bit, but I kind of want to dig into it a little bit more, just con- considering you committed before even playing a high school game. Uh, so yeah. when exactly did that recruiting process start for you and how long was it before Vanderbilt made that offer? Okay, so after that 13U season when I joined the Bulls, um, I picked up my first and second offer with IU and Purdue back-to-back. Um, I had a huge, huge, like, seventh-grade summer season, so, like, going in eighth grade. 
it was crazy. I was like video game numbers, stuff that like I still couldn't do to this day if I went back and played 13. It was crazy. Um, like green CFs in cheat code, amazing. You know what I mean? But then that uh, that eighth grade summer, I started getting some like big school camp invites. I picked a few schools that I wanted to go check out. Um, obviously Vanderbilt was one of those. So in October, or no, excuse me, in November of 2019, I went down to uh, Vanderbilt's campus, did like a three-day uh, camp, and I showed out. Like I had a super, super good, um, like just week of baseball. Uh, BP, I was tearing balls apart. I hit a few balls out at Vanderbilt when I was like 13 or 14 and dropped three. And that was something that was like crazy at the time for me. And I was like, I was freaking out. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Like kids dream coming true. You're at Vanderbilt. You're hitting bombs out in BP. Coach Corbin's calling you sunshine. And you're like, oh my God, it's my, it's my time. You know what I mean? Um, so then <laughs> I was there the week of the 16th. Um, I ended up getting my offer on the 20th and then I committed the 23rd. So it was a super quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah so um, they, they, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, when Vanderbilt, when Vanderbilt made that offer, you knew that's exactly where you wanted to be. Yeah. Um, like at the time I had been leaning towards like IU and Louisville. Um, and cause I was just like, you know what I mean? Like Vanderbilt had always been your dream school, but no kid thinks they're going to have to go to Vanderbilt until they come calling. Yeah. And as soon as Vanderbilt came calling, it was like, wow. All yeah. right. No, so like, IU was definitely in your top three. I used my number two. I almost committed. Okay. What, what made them your number two? I'm just curious, you know, cause I go here, but. Uh, yeah, so my mom went there. My brother went there. Um, Jeff Mercer and I have been lit, like ridiculously close since I was five years old. Um, his Jeff Jeff Mercer Sr. coached my brother for like 15 years. And then Mason, my brother, is best friends with Anthony Mercer, who's his son. And then Jeff knew Mason because they grew up together, kind of. They were just a little older. Um, so Jeff Sr. coached at Franklin for 16 years. Jeff Jr. ran baseball camps since I'd been five or six years old, called like the Jeff Mercer Jr. camp. And I always went to that growing up and like he, we kind of established a connection. So it was like, I definitely felt like he was, he was home, but then it just kind of became too real to pass up Vanderbilt. So, yeah. Well, so was Vanderbilt the first SC school to offer you or were there other SEC schools in the mix at the time? Uh, they were the fourth. I had Kentucky, Tennessee, and then Vandy and Mississippi State. Okay. So uh, when you were on campus in Vanderbilt your freshman year, was that kind of when you started making connections with Drew Jones, all those guys? Or when exactly did you start building relationships with some of those top guys? So I met those top guys uh, the freshman year after I committed. Um, I went down to Jupiter as a freshman. And like people started to realize who I was because rankings had just came out. Like that was like the initial release of freshman rankings. So like people started turning their heads and stuff. And like they kind of knew who you were, but they didn't never seen you play. Cause you know, at that age, nobody really goes like, you don't travel that much. You just play in the big regional tournaments. Um, so I had been like talked about, tweeted about, to, um, posted about stuff like that. And then I went down to Jupiter and I had a ridiculous tournament. Um, Jupiter's like, home of the draft class you know what I mean like it's always like the big event for the draft kids and I went down there and I hit like 500 it was um it was a big weekend and it, it, that's really what like changed my recruiting and or not my recruiting my, my ranking and stuff like that like after Jupiter I was number one or two or three and everything yeah so yeah. that's kind of when like social media game started uh blowing yeah. up yeah I, I gained like 6,000 followers two weeks like in two weeks after Jupiter because there were so many posts yeah 
So it uh, was crazy. Yeah. So we were talking about earlier before we started the interview about your interview with MLB Network. We had to change mm-hmm. the our our interview for a little bit. Obviously, MLB Networks. I mean, that's a little bit cooler than the JKR podcast. Yeah. But how uh, how did that come about? And how uh, what was the like? What was it like? Um, I didn't even know it was going to be a real thing. Um, they told us that they were just like giving us like a congratulations video. Um, actually, it was supposed to be. A, it was a, the whole thing was a surprise. They uh, they like gave our parents a Zoom leak and they told us like join it. And they sent it out to the top 25 kids right now. And those top 25 kids, that they got their like first round of PDP invites because they sent them out like waves. So if you're in the first wave, that's like a really good, like it's supposed to be like a cool feeling. Um, and they like Zoom called us and like they caught, they told us and they caught, they caught our reflect, um, reactions and stuff. And then they posted that. But then they also interviewed the number one outfielder and number one pitcher and number one middle infielder. Um, and then during the interview, you know, I joined and there's like 70 other people on the zoom. It's all the producers and stuff, switching the cameras. And like, you can see Harry Reynolds and Jonathan Mayo, like all in their studio. And, you know, I grew up watching quick pitch and MLB network. And that was like one of the coolest things I've ever experienced in my life. That was definitely like the coolest thing that I've done social media wise in baseball. Like it was, it was wild. Yeah. So it was, it was a live interview. It wasn't like a pre-recorded thing. It was live. No. Yeah, no, I was like sweating bullets. I had no idea. I didn't even know the questions either. I was literally just like free. I was free balling. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. And then you got to watch it on later on. Got to watch it on TV. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How was that? So it, it, seeing yourself on the big screen. Yeah, it was a little weird. I like so like when you're when you're looking at your Zoom, like the lighting looks okay. But then they put it on like producer level dudes who have like 18 uh light beams coming out of me like wow i look like an idiot right now but then it's super cool just because you're like you're laughing chopping it up of like three hall of famers you know what i mean it was awesome but yeah so talking about major league baseball um what was your favorite team growing up uh growing up it was the yankees but now it's the white Sox. um my hitting coach is the scouting director for the white Sox, so i've gotten a huge bond with them yeah you watch Luis robert every once in a while yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So who are so who are a few players in the league right now that you kind of model your game after, and like what what are the reasons for that? <laughs> so I would say I model my like makeup and like swagger type off of Tim Anderson. Um, I think he plays a game with a lot of passion, and he does it without being like a pain in the ass, basically. Um, so that's cool. I like that. And then I would say I model my outfielding game off of Mookie Betts. Um, I think he has some of the most fluid actions as well as like the closest tool set to like what my people, like what scouts base my tools off of. Um, Cause we're, we're built kind of the same. Um, he's just like way better than I am. <laughs> and then I would say I model my swing off of Juan Soto or uh, like Pete Armstrong. Okay. Okay. Um, so kind of, I kind of want to transition a little bit. You're a three sport athlete, correct? Yeah. Uh, recently a two sport, but I, I played, three sports up until this year I okay, so basketball. you're not playing basketball you're not playing basketball this yeah. winter no. okay so when did, when exactly did you start playing football and basketball uh I started I was a three-sport athlete my entire life I uh the only this is the first year I've never played three sports in my entire life okay uh do you plan on playing football next year for your senior year yeah okay risky but I mean they're like Indiana football is so different man like it's crazy the, the, there's nothing better than stepping out in front of I don't know five thousand people and yeah it's It's even it's even even more special in a small town i mean i come from a small town everyone in your town follow the team i mean you know it's a pretty special place to play and play for your hometown 
100%. You know, like Franklin's not like a super small town, but it's small enough to where you get that like hometown Friday nights. Everybody goes out after the game. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of cornfields in Franklin, it looks like. I've drawn Yeah. That. Amen. God. I got, I got like three surrounding my house. Yeah. Like it's just cornfield, cornfield, cornfield. Have you ever, you ever take a four wheeler down those fields or something like that? Oh, yeah. Always. Some your, what are some of your favorite things to do in the country? Oh, okay. I love fishing. Um, I fish at my grandpa's pond like all the time. I'm huge on it. Um, I like biking, like just like country roads. It's fun. Um, I like driving country roads. Like if this isn't the most Indiana thing that's ever been on a podcast right now. <laughs> um, <coughs> let's see. What else? Um, I like to hunt. I don't do it very much, but I, I would what like. What do you like to hunt? Uh, I hunt duck with my buddy Bo. Um, okay. And then uh, he hunts deer and I watch because I just like, I mean, I'm not that into hunting, but it's cool. Like I like to watch it. It's cool. Yeah. I like to go. I just don't like to actually shoot. I know how to shoot, but I don't like it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Like pick up basketball. Yeah, this is getting really hick. But hey, I mean, hey, everything you've said so far is pretty much my home hometown in a nutshell. So I mean, I, yeah, I, okay. No, there's yeah, right no on. judgments here. Awesome, bro. Right All right. Well, to everybody watching, I am a cool dude. We, me and Jace, are cool dudes. We just come from small towns, okay? Yeah, exactly. How big? How, how exactly big? How big is Franklin? Can you count them out of stop signs on one hand? Mm, it's not that it's not that small it's it's like it's like eighteen thousand people you have three yeah yeah and we just put the third one in we had two for a while where are you from so i'm uh so i'm from a small town called lagrange ever heard of that it's like up up northeast uh uh yeah kind of my hometown's like 65 percent amish people so on my way to school i have to like swerve in and out of all these amish buggies so i mean at least you're not that small yeah, no joke there. But Damn. yeah, no, I mean, we we still have like 15, 18,000 people, but yeah. it's like a small town like those it's it's a super like dense town. Yeah. When you when you get older, do you want to be in a smaller town like that or you kind of want to get out and explore a little bit? I want to get out. My sister lives in Times Square. I think I mentioned that, but oh my god, I could live there like every single day of my life. Yeah. Or like even my brother, my brother lives in Fishers um on Geist and that is like perfect. So How much how much older is your brother? Uh, my brother's 25. Nope. No, he's not. My brother's 27 and my brother's sister's 31. Okay. So are you, are you the youngest? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I want to, I want to transition a little bit to kind of some of the off the field stuff. Obviously you've got a big social media game. We've talked about that already. Um, mm-hmm. NIL stuff came out this past July for collegiate athletes. Are you, are you looking forward to that? Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I actually, I was just um, talking with some people and uh as long i'm just kind of hoping like indiana passes the high school rule um because like right now i can get products and stuff but i can't actually monetize anything so i'm hoping that indiana will pass um california just passed it like two days ago so i'm hoping the other states will follow and then indiana will as well um because i can be making some like ridiculous money just off of instagram um my instagram following is super high i think you are you almost at 40k already yeah i'm at 30 i'm at 39.7 right now Okay. All right. That's, that's already grown like seven, 7,000 followers since I looked at it. Yeah. It, it goes like whenever I post, man, it just, whew. and like during the season, it's crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure. Especially with all that black over media content. <laughs> yeah. No joke. No joke. I'm just trying to get some, I'm just trying to get some new, uh, new content. I'm out of pictures. I've literally used all my pictures recently. Yeah. I got nothing left. So, so do, you have, do you have a, do you have a dream company that you'd like to work with at some point? 
Oh, like uh, media wise or just like just Adidas, well, Nike just in tech. terms of like endorsing a product or partnering with a company. Oh, man, uh, definitely want to go with like old hickory for wood bats. That's like that's my dream. That's all mm-hmm. I swing. Um, and then who else? Uh, I love, love Rawlings Pro Preferred Gloves. Also like 44 gloves, but I would probably go with Rawlings because they're probably going to pay a lot more. <laughs> Um, I'm an Adidas cleat guy, but I also like Nike. Everything else is kind of a toss up. I mean, it just comes down to like a monetary value. Yeah. Is there, is there not any baseball companies you'd like to work with? Like for just off the field stuff? Um, I think, I think a thing with baseballism would be sick, but I th- I don't know if they even do that. Oh, um, I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure if you go, you get the Vanderbilt or even get when, when you get yeah. I'm sure if you reach out to them, I'm sure they, I'm sure they'd do something for you. Yeah, that that'd be sick. Baseballism would be sick. Um, baseball lifestyle is cool. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, 100 sunglasses. Okay, absolutely ridiculous. Oh my god, I'm so in on those. I just got a pair actually. They're sick. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, those are probably my three. Base baseballism would be super cool because they have like kind of like classy clothes as well as yeah. like athletic wear. So. I've been to the well. I've been to the one at Wrigley and the one by Bush Stadium, and all their all their products are pretty legit. Yeah, they're awesome, man. Yeah. Or is there anything else like off the field? <coughs> maybe once you get playing pro ball, maybe like start a charity, do whatever exactly. Yeah. Is you like have a um, high focus on. Yeah. So like, there's this. Uh, it's, we did this thing when I won Gatorade Player of the Year. It's called uh, Gatorade Play It Forward, or it's either play, I think it's Play It Forward. It might be Pay It Forward. I don't know. But um, when you win Gatorade Play of the Year, you get a thousand dollars to donate towards like a charity or something of that of your choice. And so I did a thousand dollars to Franklin Youth Baseball because it's um, I wouldn't say it's like underpaid, but it's just undervalued. Um, so it's like it's missing funds here and there. And I just think that'd be really cool to like kickstart them if I got a hefty signing bonus or something. Um, Powerhouse Baseball and Franklin Youth Baseball both deserve some money like from me because I've used their facilities since I've been like 12 years old yeah. or well, I've used, I've used powerhouse since I was six, but like Frank, some of the Franklin facilities I've used since I've gotten into high school, 12 or 15. And um, like I grew up playing for powerhouse before I left for the bulls. And that's like, that was our community travel team at the time. And like the connections that I have with all those guys still, they're all on our high school team. So like we, we have a bond that most, most high school teams will never have. We like, we work out every single day after school for four hours. Like, it's awesome. So, so, so you still you still train right now at Franklin? Yep, yep. Um, so all those videos that posting, those are all at Franklin. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you get connected with Andy? So, um, actually, Andy reached out to me. It was like, "Hey, man, I'd love for you to try this program. I'll give it to you for free. See what you like." And I loved it. And then that off season, I got absolutely yoked. Like it was crazy. I I just see the most. I've never seen the most progress in my life. And then uh, Andy ended up reaching back to me. And then I just kind of helped him grow his business. I, I mean, I probably got him 100, 150 clients as well as like, obviously his work speaks, but I was able to use my like um, social media presence to get him some clients. So it was super yeah. cool. Um, Andy and I have a great connection to this day. So. Yeah, I believe TJ Skyler, I think he got connected with Andy because of you, I think he mentioned. Yeah, I put uh, TJ text me. He was like, hey man, do you like, do you like, like his uh, winter program? I was like, Heck yeah, man, get on it. And yeah. then you know, next thing you know, you see him training with it. So yeah. So what are some of those key things you want to try to work on in the weight room before you uh graduate? 
I think honestly, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get maximal, maximal size and strength. Um, my goal has been 190 pounds, but I just hit that. So I'm basically going to keep adding weight as long as I keep adding speed. And then once I hit that like barrier where, okay, you're getting too bulky, then I'll just cut down, put my speed back on, which will be f- totally fine. And then I'll just get as strong as possible without putting on weight. Um, so right now it's just maximal strength, hypertrophy stuff. And um, that's about it. Yeah. So where, where, where does, where exactly does all this motivation come? Obviously you've already been named the number one player in your class. What gives you the motivation every day to keep getting up, getting, uh, staying humble and kicking some ass? Um, honestly, the city of Franklin gives me a lot of motivation as well as my parents and my friends, like everybody that has been with me through this process has been pushing for me since the start. And that really, really fills me up. And like, it makes me feel like I have to do it for them and not just myself. Like if you're doing it just for yourself, eventually you're going to get tired of it and be like, I don't need this and move on. But if you're, if you're putting the weight of like your town, your family, your friends, your lover, like that make, yeah, it gives you that extra motivation to go out and get it every single day. Even on your worst days, you still got to go out and get it. Um, that's something that I've learned. Like the days that you don't want to work out and you go and work out, you feel the best afterwards. Um, yeah. It just makes you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm beating somebody. Like somebody out there didn't want to do it and they didn't do it, but you, you did. So you, you're one step ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's just like having, having the support from that big of a, that big of a like friendship family type thing, as well as the city is, is crazy. Like that's something that I would, I would, I could not believe. Yeah. So I've got, I've got just two more topics I kind of want to talk about before we end off the podcast. First, I want to talk about the MLB draft here coming up 2023. Obviously, like I said, you're, you're ranked number one in your class. So there's a high projectability of your top five pick next year. So what are going to be some of those determining factors you see between signing with the team or going to Vanderbilt? I know you've mentioned winning national championships, your, your dream. So what are going to be some of those determining factors? Like I, like I just said, man, it's going to take a lot to pull me away. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a plan ever since the beginning, and the plan has always been to go to college, uh, learn from Corbin, win a national championship, and then go get your money. Um, but I've also had a dream, and like every kid's dream is to go play in the MLB. Um, so it's like really comes down to do you want to chase a dream or follow a plan? And like right now, I want to follow that plan. I, I want the extra two years to learn from the greatest to do it. Yeah. So, so it's, it's going to take a lot, man. Like it's going to yeah. take a lot. So if you do go to Vanderbilt next year, you said two years ago, so you're going to be able to come in. You're going to be able to go to, back to the draft as a sophomore? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I will be – I'll be like just – I'll just be just barely 20 years old, so. Okay. So when exactly did you start seeing your name pop up in the 2000 – in MLB draft discussions? Um, Like right after uh, – let's see. Uh, right after WWBA with the Phillies, they released like the first first wave of like draft guys on Baseball America, and I was number one. And that was like, oh my God. Like, I, I was not expecting that at all. Like, I expected Thomas White to be up there, like Walker, and then uh, it was me. And I was like, okay, that's a little, yeah, I got me a little shaky, but you know, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it, was, it was a surreal feeling. It was crazy. I was blessed, but yeah. So um, yeah, I'm just kind of working to keep it there. So, yeah. So as time goes on, you continue to see your name up there. Like, what kind of goes through your head when you just see the name Max Clark on MLB network posts, on just different posts on Twitter, stuff like that? What goes through your head when you see that? Um, it just gets me super excited, and then um, it just kind of like goes to show what I want to keep working for. Um, like, because nobody wants to fall. Like that's embarrassing because then you start hearing the talk from like other people. Yeah. So it just kind of gives me extra motivation to stay number one. Um, because once you hit the top, you don't want to go back to the bottom. Um, yeah. Like I consider two the bottom. You know what I mean? I, I am trying to stay number one and top two, not two. So. Yeah. 
All right. So last topic of the of the uh, interview. I've told you before. I want to be. I'm trying to be an MLB agent. So I kind of want to get the just like the player side of things um, from every player that I talk to. Uh, so when exactly did advisors kind of start reaching out to you? Um, after Jupiter, um, I, I got swarmed, like ridiculously swarmed, like 30 calls a day, 30 texts a day. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, they hunt you down. I'll tell you that they absolutely hunt you down. But, um, I met with ISE, Wasserman and Octagon and they kind of took me through like what they wanted, what, what they could offer percentages, things like that. And then I ended up going with Wasserman, um, Sam Smarja. I felt the best, I felt the best, um, relationship with him. Um, he's a great guy, family guy, um, which was huge for me. Like he represented his brother, Jeff, and that's how he got into yeah. the uh, the baseball business. So uh, that was cool because like my brother wants to help me a lot with this process too. So it was a huge connection to have a guy like Sam, Sam with Jeff and then me and Mason. I was going to say, when you said Samarja, I was like, I, there has to be some type of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way there's that many different Samarjas. Yeah. So. so what were kind of, the, what were those meetings like? What exactly uh, did they just like, you don't have to tell me like all the specifics, but kind of like how they started out. What were some of the topics discussed in them? Uh, they just kind of broke down like who their business was and then they broke down who they were and then they broke down what they could offer. So like, what, like, what's their, what's their arbitration record? Like how, how good are they at winning cases? Like how much, how much extra money can they get their players? Like, how much pull do they have on organizations, things like that. So that was, it was super cool to watch each team, but or excuse me, each person break it down. Yeah. So how long did that process take from when you said you had 30 texts a day from advisors to when you decided, oh, I'll allow Wasserman and Sam to uh, advise me? Uh, so they started coming in-house visits in November and then I picked Sam in February. So. Okay. So I'm four months. Uh, and the same year. Yeah. Like four months. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Max, I really appreciate you coming on the show. That was the last question I have for you. Um, obviously, can't wait to watch you play this season. You're playing in Franklin only an hour away from me. So I'll definitely be making up to some games, trying down to go down to Atlanta at least once this year to watch you play. But I'm just excited for you, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I'll definitely shoot you that schedule here soon. Of course. All right. Hey, thank you, Max. And there we go. A great episode here. Episode number one to start season two. Really enjoyed having Max on the show today. I'm really excited to see what his journey comes here these next few years. He's going to be a stud whether he ends up at Vanderbilt or not. Um, make sure to tune in the rest of opening week as I have Walter Ford coming on tomorrow, February 5th, and TJ Schuyler, Indiana baseball commit, February 6th. Let's just have a great opening weekend. Make sure to follow the JKR podcast on social media. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It is at JKR underscore podcast. Also, make sure to check out our website, as I mentioned earlier. That is www.jkrpodcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube channel that launched today. Going to be having Max, going to be having Walter on that YouTube channel. And then here at the end of the month, going to be having Hayden Jones, Cincinnati Reds prospect from the Fort Wayne, Indiana area. Uh, Make sure to tune in tomorrow for Walter Ford's interview, and I'll catch you then.